Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello there, imagination connoisseurs. You are listening to a road trip and extra. Now, we typically go ahead and cut these out of the episodes. These are, for the most part, these are the responses that Rob and I give to letters that we receive on the Road Trippin' Podcast. And um, we include these or embed these with the letters on our postgeeksingularity.com website so that people can see the letter and then actually uh, hear our reaction and response to it. And then hopefully talk about it in our online community, either on Discord, Facebook, or YouTube. So sit back and enjoy this. This letter um, is one that we read on June 6th, which was on Monday. Um, and it was uh, it's a fun, fun letter from a longtime imagination connoisseur, Sonny Dominguez, talking about focus group testing uh, movies and television shows. Now, Sonny was involved in a focus group for the first season of Swamp Thing after they'd already produced Swamp Thing. And um, there's no second season, and frankly, uh, I blame Sonny. So, enjoy. Should we, let's just go ahead and, and do letters today. Are you, are you cool with that? I'm down with that. Okay, okay, well, let's take a look at the f- first letter. This is from Sonny Dominguez, who... Um, is writing about objective versus subjective conversations. And so he starts off by saying, good morning, Rob and Mike. I, I just began listening to Road Trippin' and thankful to Mike, uh, thankful that Mike took my suggestion about putting the podcast on the PGS YouTube channel, making it easier for me to listen now. <laughs> you and I could talk about that here in a little bit, Rob. But uh, Rob mentioned that perhaps there will one day be a machine that measures people's enjoyment of art. I think it might be something that might already uh, be explored you know today he said i participated in a focus group at warner brothers studios years ago for a screening of the first episode of swamp thing we got paid a hundred dollars and were strapped into a heart monitor machine that was placed on our heads fingertips and chest area (laughs) they mentioned it was to gauge responses to certain scenes and characters during our viewing however i'm not sure how it would be helpful as i believe they had already filmed the first season After the episode, we removed the devices and then had a roundtable discussion regarding what we just saw. I'm still unsure what the science behind it all was, but a few weeks later, a press release announced they wouldn't be doing season two. Perhaps I was too vocal about my dislike of the show and caused others in the room to start agreeing with my criticism. Because in the end, isn't that how we measure art? I will be honest, I'm a person who walks over to a person's physical media collection to size them up to see if they're simply a consumer or a true aficionado. 
Hence why I enjoy being part of our community and actively participate on the Facebook group, even if it's with silly memes and thought-provoking discussions. P.S. Rob, you, uh, you most... Oh, you must grab lunch one day at uh, Haldak in Fullerton. It's close to the studios. They have the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in my life. It's Korean and was worth the drive before they opened one in Eagle Rock. There you go. So so not only are we getting thought-provoking questions from Sunny Dominguez, you're also getting restaurant suggestions, Rob. This is like a twofer. I'm down with that. And, of course, Sunny Dominguez has been a, a longtime supporter. He would come on to... Um, the Midnighter, mm-hmm. and I met him in person um, uh, at a B. Went and saw Tango Shalom. That's pretty awesome. That is yeah. pretty awesome. Hey, wait, He's was he man. was he at the Tango Shalom that Caroline and I went to with you? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I okay. don't remember. I was gonna say. You know, I'm just kind of an enigma. People people are going like, hey, wait, we can now hear Mike's voice. We've never seen him. They they missed the one YouTube episode I put up <laughs> on our there channel. You know. It's buried. It's buried in the dross down there somewhere. But uh, we could talk <laughs> talk about that someday when it's uh, I don't know when when we want to. But anyway, what do you think here about? I, I hear a couple of interesting things in here that Sonny's brought up. One is his experience in in dealing with a focus group, which I think it's hilarious that they strapped him up to a heart monitor and all these other kind of uh, biometric devices to, to see if they could gauge his interest or, or his uh, acceptance or revulsion at different, <laughs> different characters. But uh, what do you think, first off, what do you think about the use of focus groups, Rob? And then secondly, what do you think about the use of this kind of technology with focus groups? Do you have any, you have any thoughts? Because my experience with focus groups is very different. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you can live in L.A. for any length of time and not have gone to a focus group for a movie or a TV show. Mm-hmm. Even just out of curiosity, because there's always opportunities. Like, there's a company called NRG, the National Research Group. And 30 years ago, they would screen movies. I mean, they, they screen movies for a lot. But when I worked on the Warner Brothers lot, I wasn't supposed to go to those screenings, but I went anyway. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys on the lot worked for NRG, and, and he'd be like, hey, I got the weekly screening passes, and we would all go. <laughs> and, and, you know, I worked in feature production, so <laughs> I saw the executives that would be at these screenings, and they were always like, kind of perplexed they're like Rob what are you doing at a screening I'm like oh you know I, I work in feature products like nobody none of the executives would say you're not supposed to be here because it was like the general public anyway right right I would go to all these screenings and then what they would do is they would take like 20 people after the movie was over and they would quiz them or they would interview them you'd fill out a, a, a card but then they also would have a conversation with people problem that I always had with these research screenings is that they would ask questions like what was your favorite part of the movie Mm -hmm. and they would like give you answers and and the thing is if you are posing a question to someone they're going to give you an answer it's leading right so in a way they've already made certain decisions about what what they're looking for in these movies and sometimes you could tell that people like famously there's a documentary on the making of 12 monkeys called the hamster factor and that movie famously 
Uh, it, it, it had a terrible screening. You know, it, it didn't do well at all when they got the cards back. And, right. And the producers knew. They're like, you know what? These this these cards do not reflect the audiences and enjoy it. When we show the movie to this audience, we know they enjoyed it more than these cards would would reflect. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a lot of that is because they do ask these leading questions. And while, to me, I really do think it's very important to show an audience a movie while you're finishing it. Right. Because, especially if it's a comedy, because you, if people laugh at your movie, they laugh at your movie, and you can see it and feel it in the room. And um, you'll know. Good filmmakers know. Mm-hmm. You know, good filmmakers are not working in a vacuum because what you're doing is you're trying to craft a film to play to an audience. So good filmmakers know that. Sometimes you do need a little bit of an indicator if things play long or not because you're too deep inside of it. But I'm a big fan of call it a focus group, friends and family. Like, I like to invite people that I know want me to fail so (laughs) if I can get those people if I'm like making a comedy or something and I invite people that I know love to see our movies fail and I can make them laugh then Mm -hmm. I'm like oh okay it's working you know and and I don't I have no problem with that but I think that focus groups obviously it's another way that a studio can mitigate their risk right you know they want to make sure that and to me, it's like, look, man, it's already too late. Yeah. You've already made the movie. Well, I think that, and, and, yeah, and I think that was Sonny's point. Is like, haven't they already finished season one, and why are they showing it to us now, <laughs> asking what we think about it? You know. So, but that being said, you know, my experience. Oh, I, oh, go ahead. I believe, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, ahead. I was just going to say, my experience with focus groups have been of course, in the world of marketing. I've moderated a lot of focus groups and the quality that you get out of a focus group depends entirely on how it's moderated. You don't want to lead um, participants to a particular uh, answer or a set of answers because that then isn't really research. What that is is you're doing a sales job on a small group of people. And, And one of the things you learn early on when you're moderating focus groups is that people want to be seen as doing a good job. So they are looking for visual cues. They're looking for um, non-language, you know, almost NLP type cues from a moderator to try to figure out what is it that they want me to say so that I can say that so that I can feel like I've, you know, I'm part of the team and and I'm accomplishing something. So what you have to do as a moderator is you have to ask open-ended questions, and you have to really be an active and engaged listener. And now, I've never participated in these kinds of focus groups where you're looking at movies or cuts of movies or TV shows or things like that and participated, but um, I would suspect that in many cases, the desire to to, uh, mitigate risk can sometimes manifest itself in trying to arrive at a predetermined outcome from the focus group and trying to get people to validate either decisions that have already been made that would be too expensive to fix 
or to get them to uh, or to get them to vocally uh, provide you know additional voices to maybe a, a rebuttal or a concern that someone someone has you know up the flagpole focus groups can be misused in that regard and it's really I think important to try to make sure that if you have a focus group and you're running a focus group you've got a really clear idea as to what you want to get out of it and you don't put any kind of objective value on it it's really it's all subjective opinion and like I always told clients this is how we work on making sure that the tone is spot on and that the and that we're not running into any unexpected uh, problems either from a visual standpoint or from a you know if a tagline just like falls flat or if people don't get the joke that's really good information to get coming out of a focus group and like you said it, test screenings focus groups things like that especially for comedy it it's, can be very very uh, helpful in fine-tuning timing fine-tuning jokes changing jokes dropping you know taking things out and there's a lot of things that you can fix even if it's just you know uh, reaction shots that need to be need to be extended just a little bit in a in a uh, you know in a feature or something like that just you can make little small little adjustments based on how you hear the audience react to the gags that are in the film but boy you know I'd be really wary about making long-term, big, huge decisions based on, you know, feedback from 20 people. No, no, you can't, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's problematic, especially when, you know, you have executives who are chiming in. Sometimes you get great executives. That's not to mm-hmm. say that all executives that work in Hollywood are bad, because they're not. A lot of the time, there are very smart, insightful executives, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've, I've found that when you show somebody movies or something, you know, if three or four people say the same thing, then you should look into addressing those things. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who would say like, oh, your protagonist looks too old to, to be where that, well, that, you can't fix that. So that's like, what are you supposed to do? Change the actor out? Those kind of comments, you know that you just have to dismiss them outright because they're not any good to you. Right. But, you know, I mean, I really believe, like, like uh, John on the John Campy show. John and I have a difference of opinion. He says that all art is subjective, and and for, and I think that's true of people. You know that people can have their own subjective opinions. However, I do believe that some art is objectively great. And then John always he always yells at me and then says, "Well, how do you measure that?" And I said, we don't yet have a way to mention th- or to, to um, measure three-dimensionally how people are affected by certain things. Like, I would start with the AFI Top 100 movies. Mm-hmm. Those movies generally are considered the best in the world. Now, there's a reason why there's a consensus about these movies. And it's not because they're subjectively great that a bunch of people think they're, I think they're objectively great. And that, that means that for a vast number of people, they who have a subjective opinion, these movies work on them and they're from all shapes, sizes, colors, greens, backgrounds, whatever. And those movies work for a great number of people. Mm-hmm. And if they work for a great majority of people, it means to me that they're are objectively things that are great about them that work across multiple levels 
across many different people. And what are those things? We don't have a way to measure them yet because we can't measure people's psychological reactions to something. We can measure their heart rate like Sonny talked about. Mm -hmm. So you know something's scary. But intellectually, if somebody has an emotional response, like they cry, how do you measure that? I mean, we can see that people cry, but what is it that triggered that response? We don't have a real way to scientifically and accurately measure it yet. Right. And I think that what we can go by is a general consensus. Well, you I, know, I, 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 I think it's well, interesting. You know, one of the things that you bring up is that there's no way to objectively measure that. And yet I would, I would posit here that as with Sonny's experience where they're talking about using, um, you know, uh, heart rate monitors and <laughs> whether they're using brainwave monitors or they're measuring foot twitches or finger, finger twitches or whatever, that there is an attempt to try to go ahead and, and see if they can gauge physical reaction and tie that to things that, to external stimulus that's coming in. And you know where you really see that is in the development of artificial intelligence for things like writing. I mean, there are now bots that you can buy that will write blog posts for you. And they're like, oh, it's never been easier to write a blog post. You just pump in a couple of keywords and the, let the AI go ahead and write the post. Well, I mean, it's more sophisticated than a Mad Lib if they're actually able to really pull this off. So, so clearly the technology is progressing to the point where John's objection that you can't measure these things may be you know, on its last legs at some point, because there may actually be a way to do that. And here's the concern I've got. If you can develop AI to identify what makes something objectively great, what's, what's to keep you from having that AI go ahead and produce all the creative things that a person might ever want to see? Well, I think that there's going to be an element of that in the future, but that, you know, uh, eventually, I, I think that as, as, as sophisticated as AI is going to eventually become, mm -hmm. I don't think there there is a human factor that is going to come out of things like being self-aware, you know, understanding your own mortality, being able to fall in love, you know, being literally to feel lust for another human being. These are things that you might be able to intellectually quantify, but you also have to be able to feel them. Mm-hmm and feel them and feel them because you're like to feel physical yearning i mean to have a physiological response as we men do i don't know how you how you replicate that within ai the you, you the response you might be able to replicate but the reasons for it occurring right you know that idea what's going on in you is is i think um unique and it's going to take ai a long way go a long way to replicate that kind of thing well yet an, yeah, oh, I'm sorry go ahead Rob well then no that I, I think I, yeah, mean, I, yeah. I don't I'm not an AI scientist and I know that AI research is is at the forefront of a lot of computer well computer research now so I mean it's going to be interesting to see where where it all where it all shakes out but mm -hmm. I guess I'm optimistic in that the human experience is never <laughs> going to be entirely uh no, I, I, I agree with you there, and and I thank Sonny Dominguez for sending in such a great question. I mean, uh, it's 
just loaded his his letters just loaded with all kinds of good stuff we'll post this on the post geek singularity website so that people can go ahead and read it and and uh discuss it more in in our online communities on discord and facebook but thank you very much sunny for the uh for the letter we sure appreciate it and getting paid a hundred bucks basically to kill season two of swamp thing i think your work there is done (laughs) what a fun letter anyway this has been a road trip and uh extra uh, one of the letters that we read on monday june 6 2022 thanks so much for joining us road trippin is a production of imagination connoisseurs unlimited llc and is transmitted throughout the post geek singularity from our studios in a coat closet somewhere inside wayne manor uh, you can find road trippin on your favorite podcasting platform and also on our website website postgeeksingularity.com Wow. We also post links to our podcast on all of our social media accounts. You'll find the PGS on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, Tumblr, and Discord. And of course, uh, you can join our Discord server just by going to our website, clicking on any of the links that say, um, talk about this in our online community. We'd love to have you there. There are literally dozens of um, discussion boards with hundreds of other imagination connoisseurs talking about the things that imagination connoisseurs love sci-fi fantasy horror pop culture anime all kinds of cool stuff you should go check it out you can also sign up for our email newsletters please do that you have complete control over which newsletters you get and um, they go out on a fairly regular basis uh, and don't take up too much of your personal bandwidth if they do you can always unsubscribe and join again later don't forget you can also send us a message you could be famous just like Sonny. Send us a really great letter with lots of good questions in it. We would love to talk about it on an upcoming uh, edition of Road Trippin'. When you go to the postgeeksingularity.com website, you will see a big button right on the homepage. It says send a show a letter. You click on that, go into the little drop-down menu, pick Road Trippin' with RMB, type in your message, hit send. I get your mail in about 90 seconds and then send it on to Rob so we can talk about it the next day on a road trip and podcast. Don't forget, we road trip every Monday through Friday right here on the internet and the postgeeksingularity.com website. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Thanks so much, everyone.